It's Wednesday, October 27th. Welcome to the News Diet, a healthier alternative for staying informed. I'm your host, Michelle Carroll. Today, I'm going to talk about what's going on with Facebook. Let's be informed so we can get on with our day. So it's been a big few days for Facebook, as the leaked internal documents brought to light by whistleblower Francis Haugen have been distributed to a limited number of news outlets who have been sifting through the tens of thousands of documents and are now reporting on the findings. As a reminder, earlier this month, former Facebook employee Francis Haugen disclosed the company materials to the SEC, first anonymously, but then made herself public in a 60 Minutes interview and then by testifying before Congress. So what made her complaint and her materials so interesting was that this was the first time that the public and also government officials have received a real sneak peek into the operations of what is one of the most influential companies in the world and had documentation to back it up. The leaked documents are being called the Facebook Papers and were released to 17 U.S. news organizations, including CNN, The Washington Post, The New York Times, The Wall Street Journal, and more. These publications received redacted versions of the papers, so not everything is disclosed. But there seems to be plenty to go off of anyway, with a mix of research studies, conversations, memos, presentations, and more. As you can imagine, tens of thousands of pages are providing a ton of information that are still being analyzed today. But so far, there seems to be evidence of possible harm created by the company, like the spread of content that promotes violence and the accusation of manipulating users for purposes of user loyalty. All right, so let's jump into some of the highlights. Let's start with reaction emojis. So it was always rumored that Facebook promoted controversial posts in hopes of playing to users' emotions and therefore making them more emotionally invested. Well, it seems that there could be some evidence to that now. From 2017 to last year, Facebook put more so-called weight on reaction emojis. So those of you familiar with social media know that most feeds will give users the option to like posts by clicking a thumbs up or maybe a heart to show support for the post's content. But Facebook and a few others have added additional options, what are called reaction emojis, which are buttons like an angry face to show that a post makes you upset. These emojis have been found to be used most often on controversial content. While Facebook was giving these reactionary emojis more weight within the algorithms. So if a post received more reactionary clicks, then the chances increased that this content would reach more eyes than just regular content. It's reported that these reactionary emojis were given five times more weight than regular likes. So the implication is that the algorithms favored and promoted controversial topics. Another finding is that about 84% of Facebook's efforts to stop hateful content and, quote, misinformation were only focused on the United States, which means that many countries around the world have free reign and access to the violent and potentially harmful content that might get flagged here in the States. For developing countries, this could be pretty significant, where bad actors like terrorist organizations could more easily distribute messages. 
It's reported that groups like drug cartels, human traffickers, and militia groups use these apps to help grow their businesses or push their agendas. Even some authoritarian governments use social media to crack down on political dissenters. And some reports are saying that the company could be giving leeway to these governments, who ultimately Facebook needs to operate within their countries. A former Facebook vice president, Brian Boland, said that the company focuses its safety efforts on wealthier and powerful markets, while using poorer countries for user growth. Apparently, the company doesn't have employees that speak many of the languages used by many of its users, which means that there's not really a way to manually or algorithmically regulate the content in those regions. The Wall Street Journal has reported on armed groups in Ethiopia that have been using Facebook to incite violence and ethnic cleansing of a minority group and how the platform hasn't had the ability to flag their content because of reasons like a language barrier. There's also been findings that some human trafficking rings have used these products to find and facilitate their operations. They've even used Facebook targeting advertising services to promote fake job postings to lure victims. The documents show that the company is aware of the problem and has made some efforts to address it, but traffickers using the platform still seems to be an issue. It also appears that CEO Mark Zuckerberg could have lied while testifying before Congress last year when he said that the company finds and removes 94% of content that it deems to have hate speech. But the documents show that this number might actually be less than 5%. Here's a little bit of Francis Hogan's testimony talking about the business practices found in the papers. I think a thing that is not necessarily obvious to us as consumers of Facebook is that Facebook is actually a two-sided marketplace. It is about producers <coughs> in addition to being about consumers. Like you can't consume content on Facebook without getting someone to produce it. Um, Facebook switched over to engagement-based ranking. They said, the reason we're doing this is we believe it's important for people to interact with each other. We don't want people to mindlessly scroll. But a large part of what was disclosed in the documents was that they, a large factor that motivated this change was that people were producing less content. People have run, Facebook has run things called producer-side experiments, where they artificially give people more distribution to see what is the impact on your future behavior of getting more likes, more reshares, because they know if you get those little hits of dopamine, you're more likely to produce more content. And so right now, um, you know, Facebook has said repeatedly, it's not in our business interest to optimize for hate. It's not in our business interest to uh, like give people bad experiences. But it is in Facebook's interest to make sure the content production wheel keeps turning. Because you won't look at ads if your feed doesn't keep you on the site. And Facebook has accepted the costs of engagement-based ranking because it allows that wheel to keep turning. Three and a half billion monthly users, so half the world's population, use Facebook or Facebook-owned product, which also includes Instagram and WhatsApp. So there's no doubt that these products highly influence the world today. Mark Zuckerberg and Facebook spokespeople have responded to the papers, saying that what this is, is news outlets sifting through selective and mischaracterized content with no context. They say that the company holds many discussions and research into potential ideas, but that doesn't mean that they necessarily amount to anything. They also say that the whistleblower, Francis Haugen, 
doesn't necessarily have the credibility to speak on these materials since she's never had decision point meetings with C-level executives and testified six times to the fact that she never actually worked on matters relating to the subject matter. All of these recent findings are on top of some already existing controversies for Facebook. The company has been accused of not doing enough to protect its young users, to protect user data, and for keeping its practices under wraps. Discoveries from the papers are still being uncovered by journalists. It's also worth noting that Facebook recently came out with their quarterly earnings report which showed that the company made $29 billion in revenue, of which $9.2 billion was profit. This was for the three months from July to September. Today is Wednesday, October 27th, and you've just been informed. Now it's time to get on with your day. I'm Michelle Carroll. Thanks so much for listening. If you like the news diet, be sure to subscribe to the show wherever you listen to your podcast so you can always get the latest episode. And leave a review as we all know how that helps boost a show's visibility. If you have any suggestions on how I can improve the show, I definitely want to hear from you. I want the news diet to be as valuable as possible for you. So if you feel compelled, please feel free to reach out to me on Twitter or Instagram at the news diet or directly to my email feedback at thenewsdiet.com.